Do you know who represents you in the national and provincial legislatures? How can your life change if you know nothing about what is affecting you? Then what was the point in going to vote in the first place? Get more clued up on our rights and obligations as citizens. Section 24 of our constitution, it says that we have a right to an environment that is not harmful to our health and well-being. And there, on the other hand, we have refineries set up right on people's doorsteps. It's clearly that those that uh, do not contribute to the climate crisis are the ones affected the most. We are living in an open democracy and we must reclaim back our democracy. The government, these people must serve us as communities because we are the one who put them in those positions. We as citizens need to hold the people that we've put in power to account. Yes, let's become active citizens. Hey, this is DJ Fix and welcome to the second episode of The People's Fix, the podcast where ordinary people can find out how to be part of our decision-making processes and provide fixes to the challenges we face as society. Welcome. Action 24, Active Citizens for Responsive Legislatures, an initiative that's co-funded by the European Union and the Friedrich Ebert Stiftung, has been engaging civil society organizations, the media, provincial legislatures, and you, the citizens of South Africa, on ways that we can work together for a more effective governance system, one where our elected representatives make sure that the people have the last say when it comes to the decisions that affect their future. In 2019, we have seen a wave of citizen action calling on South African leaders to safeguard our environment and our lives. From the thousand climate justice chanting youth movement to civil society suing South African government for turning a blind eye to toxic air pollution to the historic victory of the Kolobeni community winning the right to say no, South Africans are taking a stand and so should you. So what can you as a South African citizen do to make your voice heard? In this episode, we will be talking all about how you can and should be taking part in the decision-making processes that affect you and your community. Take a second to think, what does democracy mean to you? Democracy means power of the people. The fundamental principle of a democracy is that the people have the right to influence decisions that will affect their lives. In a democratic system, the views and interests of all citizens are brought together so that the rules of society and its future can be decided collectively, taking everyone's view into account. It doesn't mean that each and every idea will feature in the final decision. If it did, society would be ungovernable. Rather, each individual has the opportunity to have their say, but in the end, decisions are made based on the will of the majority. In a well-functioning democracy, the interests of the few might not be considered if they are outweighed by the interests of the majority. South Africa's particular take on democracy falls under two types. The first type is a representative democracy. This means that we elect people to represent us, defend the public interest and govern the country on our behalf. But making your mark on election day is not the only way for citizens to influence decisions of government. 
While we, the citizens, elect representatives to govern on our behalf, they are not given a free pass for the next five years. Checks and balances must be applied to make sure they aren't abusing the powers vested in them by us, nor being slack and failing to exert their powers while they are in office. This is why, beyond electing people to represent all citizens, the South African Constitution gives each citizen the right to be involved in decisions that will affect them or the society they live in, and to hold elective representatives and government authorities to account at all times. This falls under the second type of democracy that South Africa practices, the participatory democracy. As the name suggests, this is all about participation. The Constitution entrenches public participation as a crucial element of our democracy and makes it a key requirement of government decision-making and oversight. So, before we get into what and the how, let's start off with the why. Why should this matter to you? And why should you be involved in public participation processes? The Action 24 team spoke to representatives of the South African civil society organizations to find out why they believe you should be actively participating in democratic processes and not just during the hype leading up to election day. By not participating, there's no way their lives can be changed. Because how can your life change if you know nothing about what is affecting you. Coming from a coal-affected community like Lepelale in Limpopo, Francina of the Waterberg Women Advocacy Organization understands better than most how crucial it is to engage in decisions that will affect her community. If somebody takes a decision on your behalf, they don't know what you need. They don't know what you want as a community. It's, it's better for me to know what it's affecting me rather than you taking a decision for me. Your ability to be able to participate is, is your saying, is your ability to be able to have your voice heard. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not going to be there, if you're not going to be there to say what you feel that you want to say, then it's fair to say that your input will not be taken into consideration, no matter how valid it may be. Public participation is not just our right as citizens, but also our responsibility. Tando from Project 90 by 2030 explains why this responsibility goes beyond making your vote. At the end of the day, right, when you put your ex down, you made your choice as to who you want to represent you. Mm. Now, if you're not going to be meeting up and you're not going to know who's the person responsible for ensuring that our views are taken forward, then what was the point in going to vote in the first place? Right? If you're just going to do that and then walk away and hand everything else over to some other person because you think that person knows better than you do. Mm-hmm. you know. So it's important that you communicate with your officials your representatives. So I think part of the reason why we find ourselves in the position that we're in as a country is because we feel that I've put Tando in that position and so therefore Tando should know everything. And if Tando's stuck, Tando will come and ask me a question. But otherwise, uh, I'll only see Tando in the next four or five years when it comes to solicit another vote from me. And surely that hasn't worked. As the title suggests, 
Our elected representatives are supposed to serve the best interests of the citizens they represent. And SIA of the Environmental Monitoring Group believes that sometimes we as citizens have to give them a reminder. It is important for citizens and communities to engage with institutions like your, your legislature because, first of all, is to remind them that they are servants of the people. I think that's critical. And if, you, if, if communities don't engage the, the, the legislature or parliaments, the parliament forgets or kind of conveniently do so <laughs> because there's no one reminding them that they need to, why they're there. So that's the first point, really to remind them that you are, you are supposed to serve us. Samson of the Val Environmental Justice Alliance believes people need to use their democratic powers to hold our elected representatives accountable. We are living in an open democracy and we must reclaim back our democracy and it must be an open and transparent democracy as it's defined in the constitution. And once people are aware of their constitutional rights, then they are able to hold their public representative accountable. But uh, let us also not be passive, you know what I mean? Let, let, let's use it because they do it and they know that uh, nobody's going to do anything about it anyway. Many South Africans have been protesting as the only way to make their voices heard. But Vusi of the Lands Right Organization of South Africa speaks to the need of using every single avenue available to us. And when we're fed up, we, we ban buildings, we run into the street, we bend tires and all of that. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, it's, uh, we don't have the right to march peacefully and stuff like that, but there are other platforms of, you know, public participation that uh, we should actually use. And uh, these ones are actually documented, you know what I mean? You have something uh, written down that I've actually made this submission objecting to this, that let's become more vigilant, let's become active, let's become active citizens, yes. Now that you know why it's important, let's talk about what public participation is and how you can be a more active citizen by participating in the decisions that affect you. Your participation doesn't just end with voting. We have elected our representatives and we have the right to influence the decisions they make that will affect us. The people of South Africa must be at the center of these decision-making processes and that's not just me saying it's in the Constitution. Sections 59, 72 and 118 of the Constitution say that the National Assembly, the National Council of Provinces and the provincial legislatures must facilitate public participation in all their processes. Citizens must be allowed the opportunity to provide input in the work of the elected representatives at all times to advance better service delivery and development, and to hold their representatives to account. This enables people like you and me to contribute to the laws and policies developed and implemented by government and gives members of society the platform to voice their needs and opinions in peaceful and constructive way. In short, citizens have a fundamental right to participate and the legislature has an obligation to allow and facilitate participation. 
So how can you get involved? Let's look at some of the ways you as a citizen can and should be engaging the legislature on issues that concern your rights or your community. The first thing you can do is get informed. Since you are listening to this podcast, I would say you have taken the first step in the right direction. Well done. Find out who represents you, what your rights are, and what your community needs. For me, I would say everything starts by being anxious to know what is affecting you and what are the laws covering me as a community member. Then that will be a way of us changing the legislature. Without those steps, there's no way we can change it. The members of parliament and the provincial legislatures don't just work behind closed doors. They must also engage directly with the citizens of the constituency. Constituencies are geographic areas assigned by each party to its members in the legislature. Kulekani of the South African Youth Climate Change Coalition considers communicating with Speaker of the KwaZulu-Natal Provincial Legislature at one of his big successes as the beginning of his engagement with the institution. Most of the time as a young person, young people used to say it's very difficult to communicate with the government representatives or anyone from parliament in any parliament. You know, When I sent the email to the Speaker, I think she responded the next day. And for me, that was a success because I could see that, okay, well, this is a real person, you know, and the response was very positive uh, to an extent that uh, she also said that maybe we need to have a meeting in the near future. And to me, that was, that was, uh, that was a success story to say, I can be able to communicate with the, some of the representatives in the parliament. But we will, we will continue to, to engage the legislature uh, to see what, what unfolds. Your representative is there so that you can give them feedback on issues of concern or share information with them that may influence their work and votes in the legislature. You can also ask them to raise questions to the executive on your behalf during the weekly question session or recommend that they conduct oversight, including visits on specific issues. I remember during the Air Quality Act, he was from the West Coast in the Western Cape, and he was in the Portfolio Committee. And he would even call us to say, guys, uh, I'm in a parliamentary recess. Can you send me questions? What is happening in that constituency? You know, <laughs> because once he goes back to parliament, he's able to send those questions to the ministers. And the ministers then are, are obliged to give oral or written uh, reply. You can then use those written reply or oral replies to further engage and see if this issue is resolved. Do you know which MPs represent your constituency in Parliament? How about who represents you in the provincial legislature? If you don't know, you can use the rep locator of the People's Assembly website at pa.org.za. You are also able to attend meetings of the legislature and its committees. All meetings of the parliament, provincial legislatures and their committees are open to the public unless there are reasonable and justifiable grounds for denying public access. How to participate is that uh, the legislatures and national parliament have got committees. 
So the members of the provincial legislature or members of parliament will all fall into different committees. The Committee on Energy, Committee on Social Development or Community Safety and such and such. Now, these committees, it is possible for a citizen to to sit in and just listen to the proceedings. By attending the meetings of your elected representatives, you can hear firsthand what is being said and by whom during these sessions. While you can't voice your opinions in these sessions unless you are invited to do so, you bear witness to the work of the members of the legislature and able to assess whether they are representing you as promised and expected. My being able, I, I can be in the room and hear then um, what is being said about the thing that we've spoken about. So let's say if environmental issues are something that's important for us and we've said we want to see that there's no more dumping on the streets, uh, we want the refuse to be picked. You don't know if the person you're speaking to is going to actually take that thing forward. So one of the ways in which you can say that you can try to see if that person can take that thing forward is by participating in these committee meetings. Attending meetings is one of the ways that we, as citizens, can hold our representatives to account. Find out about the program of the legislatures and upcoming meetings on their website or on the Parliamentary Monitoring Group's website. Or ask these institutions to add you to their mailing list if their agenda is not available on their website or social media pages. Now, we obviously do want a platform for voicing our opinions, and there are a few that we can make use of. The first is the petitions. A petition is a formal written request to a legislature where you can request that the legislature intervenes in a matter of government's responsibility. It can be either a complaint or request for assistance with a specific problem like service delivery or environmental pollution. Vusi from Landrosa did just that when his community discovered that although they had been promised electricity, a budget analysis revealed that the only development plan for the area was a new dump site. As I had noticed with the notice for rezoning, you know, they put the notice up there. And as I was going to to the city planning office to, to see the map and read what this application is all about. They were already busy working, you know, and making their dumping place even, even bigger. But soon after I lodged the objection, they stopped doing that. So in most cases, they're doing this because they know that nobody is going to take care of anything. We're not going to do anything because we're passive. Every single South African citizen has the right to present petitions, either as an individual or collectively, and in any of the official South African languages. A legislature will only consider petitions that concern matters of its area of competence, so it's important to check which level of government, be it national, provincial or local, is responsible for the sector concerned by your petition so that you can address your query to the right legislature. It's also important to know which committee or department you should be submitting your petition to. Molatelo of Nkunzi Development Association explains why. It's important for the local communities to know the portfolio committees so that they can take relevant issues to the relevant portfolios. And they also need to be direct so that they don't present issues that are vague and end up not uh, achieving their goal. 
So, for example, if the the communities want to take up an issue around their relocation of graves without their consent, then they need to know which relevant portfolio to engage in in that regard, so that they don't go to a portfolio that is not relevant to their to their issues. To find out which area or issues a specific legislature deals with, you need to check their mandate in Schedules 4 and 5 of the South African Constitution. Now that you know what a petition is and who to submit one to, let's get down to it. How do you write one? Most legislatures have a specific format that needs to be filled out. You will need to include all the relevant information, your name, contact details, as the petitioner, the name of the committee or member of the legislature that you're addressing your petition to, the subject of your request and a clear description of the matter, details of steps you have already taken to resolve it and why these steps have not been sufficient in solving the issue and the actions you expect the legislature to take to address your complaint. One last thing, don't forget to sign. You can then submit your petition to the Office of the Legislature authorized to receive petitions and make sure to ask for a file number. It's important to note that if you are lodging a petition at the National Assembly, you need to ask a Member of Parliament to submit it on your behalf. Most importantly, don't forget to follow up on your query. The Legislature has an obligation to provide you with a response, but feedback can be slow. In the last episode, we spoke about how lawmaking works and that is where the next public participation tool comes into play, making submissions. Making a submission is different from a petition in that instead of a complaint or request, you present your views or opinions on a matter or a piece of legislation under consideration by the legislature. You can propose changes or suggest possible actions to help make sure that the laws passed or other issues under the consideration by the legislature are serving the best interests of the public. Making submissions is an important opportunity to make your and your community's voice heard and to provide input directly to the work of the committees. Whenever a committee considers a bill, it must consult the public. This is normally a time when citizens can make submissions to say whether or not they agree with the bill and recommend changes to the committee when necessary. I think for each and every act and each and every policy, for it to be recommended, it's, it needs to come out publicly and people need to comment on it saying, oh, this is fine in this way, or this is not okay in this way, but we can do it in that way. Everyone has the right to present submissions, either as an individual or collectively and in any official South African language. The original climate bill that is going to come into the provinces, it has to be broader public participation process to make sure that every stakeholder, especially the poor, their voices are included in that strategy. You can make written submissions on any matter, either through your own initiative or upon invitation by a legislative committee. You may even be invited to present your submission orally to that committee. For instance, the African Climate Reality Project submitted written comments to the Portfolio Committee on Finance of Parliament on successive versions of the Carbon Tax Bill. Various stakeholders representing different views and interests presented orally to the committee. 
In another example, the organization Landrosa presented their views to the Portfolio Committee on Energy with regards to the 2018 Integrated Resource Plan, an update of the South African policy blueprint for where our energy comes from and how it will be generated. They were able to expose their concerns about the inadequacies of the proposed update to reduce our environmental and climate impacts. While there is no specific format for submissions, it's important that you make sure to be as comprehensive as possible. Your submissions should be well thought out, easy to read and focused. Committee members are more likely to consider submissions that are on point, offer clear arguments and propositions. Like for the petition, don't forget to include all your details, the author of submission, the name of the committee of the legislature that your submission is addressed to. Write the subject of your submission in clear and specific wording and include a summary of the key issues that you want to bring to the attention of the legislature and why they are relevant. Follow that with a detailed explanation of your concerns with factual evidence that supports your views and a proposal or suggestion for a way forward to deal with the issues you are raising. You can send your submissions posted by mail, delivered by hand and even submitted online. For general matters, the legislatures often require the submission to be addressed to the Secretary of Legislature. If it concerns a specific topic, find out which committee is competent to address it. The last avenue that you can use to participate, which we will cover in this episode, is how to participate in oversight. The legislature is responsible for monitoring and holding government to account for its work serving the public. This is called oversight. The local government, the municipal government, is usually, usually needs to, it has to account to the provincial government. And most of the departments in the provincial government, they all account to the local legislatures. Legislature is like a, a parliament of the province. So for us to hold our municipalities whenever they do not take our issues, we need to go to the upper body, the one in charge. This one word, accountability, is something that we as citizens need to hold the people that we've put in power to account and make sure that they are doing and fulfilling the mandate that they had set out to achieve. As Shanice of the South Durban Community Environmental Alliance says, Public input is essential to guarantee that this monitoring and assessment of the government's actions is objective and represents all the interests. This work is mostly conducted by the committees of the legislatures who regularly review reports submitted by the various departments or carry out oversight visits and targeted studies. As a member of the public, you may suggest visits or studies or submit inputs on reports from government. One takeaway from these different public participation tools is that the public is entitled and in fact encouraged to take part in the workings of South African Parliament and Provincial Legislatures. Now it's up to us to engage our elected representatives for a better South Africa. So we know the various platforms and opportunities available to us to be more active in decision-making processes in South Africa, but how have they translated from principles to practice? Public participation is not just a tick-box exercise. It must be meaningful. But what does public participation in South Africa's provincial legislatures 
actually look like today? There are many factors that still hamper public participation processes today, many of them causing gaps in equality in South Africa to grow largely unheeded. Public participation processes, it is a constitutional requirement. The platforms in which they exist are very minimal. This has really failed the community people. It has failed our country. Public participation on the whole has taken a dip uh, where it should be a platform that should really voice the concerns of people. For public participation to be truly meaningful, it should be consulting the communities that will be directly affected by a decision. Shanice and Desmond from the South Durban Community Environmental Alliance witnessed as the KwaZulu-Natal legislature failed to do this during public consultations on the draft of the Marine Spatial Planning Bill. The policy and the, the practice they're using differ. What is in the policy is not practice. During the Mandela era, certainly we as communities and as citizens in this country were fully involved in democratization of the country, in policy, in legislation, and in hearings and all that sort of thing. But that has changed completely now. An example of this is the Marine Spatial Planning Bill, where they've employed to have their, their public participation meetings in three centers along KZN, in areas that won't be directly affected by the necessary development or be affected by the, the, the Marine Planning Bill. And we've seen the nature of, of these public participation meetings literally lock community members that are dependent on having this consultation and voicing the concerns that they have currently. It should be people-centered and not be in spaces that lock out people, spaces that people cannot travel to or walk to. It should be directly in the vicinity that will really affect the lives of the people concerned. It's so important for community to engage, but the problem is engagement it's happened somewhere else. It will happen far away from communities where we as community members we can get to that place because you have to travel. People in the community they don't have work. You can't just travel. You have You'll stay there at your community. And sometimes the problem is that the information get to us very late. We'll just say that today there's a public participation somewhere else and you have to get there and there's no means that you can go there. Matapelo from the Sikukune Environmental Justice Network has seen that in Limpopo, it's not just a case of consultations taking place far away from the communities, but that they are also not given enough notice as to when these public participation opportunities will be happening. Or as Malatelo from Nkunzi Development Association has noticed, community members are excluded in favor of other stakeholders. Generally, when there is a law that is proposed, what we normally see is that you'll find the traditional chiefs or traditional leaders being prioritized. The public hearing on Khoisan and traditional uh, leadership bill was postponed twice in, in Limpopo because the traditional leader, the presence of traditional leaders was not what the legislature was looking for. But the ordinary residents were there. So 
on the third attempt, the ordinary resident could not make it. And then that public hearing took place far away from people who already made arrangement to, to attend. That's why decision making is, 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 cause it's always shift to favor the, those who are there. And people who are always there are the ones who have means to be there and who understand the language and who have access to, to either resources or, or, or learn it. So it kind of, for me, these processes exacerbate inequality. As Sia mentions, location is only one piece of the puzzle when it comes to citizens and communities on the ground being excluded from public participation opportunities. In addition, if you cannot understand the language used to communicate a proposed policy decision that will have an impact on your livelihood, how can you make your meaningful contribution to the discussion? The language barrier makes it difficult for a lot of communities because whatever draft is there, they use big words. The language issue, yeah, it's a problem because they have everything written in English. They must translate it to if they come to a certain area where they know these people that are speaking speedy, like in Skukoni. Because some people would just say, ah, we won't go to that meeting because they're always talking this language that we don't understand. How will people engage while they don't even know what you're talking about? It's a threat to democracy because if you're using a language that people cannot understand, it's easy for you to manipulate them. I remember in, in Sikukune, in a public hearing, there was a, a farm dweller who was speaking Ndebele. In the committee, none of the committee members knew Ndebele. So the, the farm dweller was speaking in Ndebele, but his inputs were not captured correctly. So they were just guessing what the, the man was, was saying. So meaning, if the, the bill was also translated into the local languages, so those people will be able to participate and know what is in the bill. And then the committee will also consist of people who will cater for all the languages that people are speaking in, in the public hearings. Our public participation process is clear in terms of how communities will participate, especially previously disadvantaged communities. Because you cannot take people to process that they cannot follow or they cannot understand in terms of what are the policy position that provincial legislature wants to develop. To be fair and effective, public participation requires that all citizens have access to the relevant information, which in itself is a constitutional right. However, this is not always a reality when the legislature has fallen short. Civil society representatives such as Samson and the VAL Environmental Justice Alliance team has taken it upon themselves to brief their community on impending policy decisions ahead of consultation processes to make sure they are able to communicate their input from an informed position. Similarly, African Climate Reality Project, Project 90 by 2030, and the Alternative Information and Development Center held workshops in 2018 in Lepalale and Kailicha to unpack the draft climate change bill with local activists and community members. 
First, we, we educate, we mobilize our people, we educate communities that we, we work with, and we make sure that people not just come to a meeting and say there was a public participation, assign attendance registers and say there was a public participation. So it's to make sure that people's views are recorded properly at the beginning of the process. It's to a start. Getting citizens to participate is the first step, but it's whether or not your views are taken into consideration that counts in the long run. For public participation to be meaningful, representatives must listen to the people's opinions with an open mind and the legislature must provide feedback on the impact of the public's input. However, SIA from the Environmental Monitoring Group, Sandile from 360 DEO, and Vusi from Landrosa have all witnessed and experienced the shortcomings of South Africa's provincial legislature when it comes to this. So how can we trust that the public participation is not just a tick box exercise and that our views will be taken into consideration? People give up because it doesn't seem like their voices get through. Yeah, the, the platforms might be there. It's either they are not used optimally or they are misused. Like we will take an example of an adaptation strategy that happened, I think it's last year. First of all, it's national level, so it's technical. I mean, I was there and I understand a quarter of what was being said. You know? And I mean, one is aware that it's, it's a lot of work. Government is trying to put together a document that would address everyone's needs. That's a bit tricky, but at least you you, you, you may, government can provide a platform where everyone is being heard. And for me, that's not the case if you make it a one day consultation and you say you, you're servicing Western Cape for one day meeting. For me, that's impossible if you want to hear everyone. When they look at the final products, none of their voices show up there. Then they, they know that's actually, they're just tick boxing, the kind of tick box exercise. Do we, don't have the, the mindset of saying, okay, we've got this challenge, we need to write a petition to the legislature to say, why don't you hold our municipality to come and account to us? But then instead, when you do that, they go back to the municipality and say, because they are friends, some of them. They know each other from their own political organizations. They go back to them and say, we're having information that uh, there's this group of people who are trying to make, who are trying to cause chaos in your area. Who are they? Then they start identifying community activists who are vocal, even community members who are vocal in terms of raising real issues and concerns. And they would start intimidating those members and activists. I, I used to work with other guys. We were fighting for the, the RTPs, RTP houses, where we, we stopped government officials who were giving out houses illegally because they've sold them. We've called in the, we wrote a petition to the, the local legislature saying we're complaining. But when the legislature came into Guatemala, they didn't touch even a single issue that has been affecting Guatemala. But instead, they told us about issues which were happening in Davidson, which is another township. You know, I think I've uh, made four submissions this year and uh, I have not gotten not even an acknowledgement of receipt, not from anyone, not even one of those. So uh, it's just uh, you know, to say, you know, it's participatory democracy 
when this thing comes in, they take it and, you know, put it aside. They don't even have a look at it. But again, that's not the reason for us to keep quiet. We should make more of them. You know what I mean? If they ignore my only one or the five that comes in, they should come 50, they should come 100 at the same time next time until, you know, they, they, they take notice. They know that something is happening. People really want to participate. Yes. So the people want to participate and the legislature has the obligation to facilitate the participation. But does it quite live up to the expectation or impact that it should? Key actions that the legislature should be taking to ensure that the public participation is meaningful have not been fulfilled and something needs to be done to improve the current state of public participation in governance decisions. What can both we as citizens and the legislature do to change this? Members of South African civil society organizations have plenty to add to this conversation. The public participation process needs to be redefined. It needs to be meaningful and it needs to place all sides of the story on the table, the good and the bad. Once you can improve public participation, I believe it's the first step in trying to demonstrate to people your willingness to want to hear and literally be interested in their concerns and putting their concerns into the system with the intention of obviously wanting to try and find some solution to it. Across the board, one thing that everyone mentioned was the need for legislature and our representatives to really listen to the people, engage with the communities to understand the issues and concerns they are facing. Having a good mechanism for public participation on paper is not enough. Unfortunately, that's what it is right now. These processes must be translated into reality in a meaningful, effective way. And we need to see real commitment from our elected representatives to listen and truly consider the inputs from the public that speak to the interests of the vast majority of South Africans. By shifting the approach to be people-centered, the legislature can ensure that they are making decisions with public's best interests in mind. First of all, if there is a public participation, it mustn't be a political public participation. It must be a public participation for all. Public participation and the right to get approval must be driven from the grassroots level from people. Very clearly, the legislation should be strengthened to ensure that people have the last say. These are representatives are working for the communities, right? So they need to understand what are the things that are important for the community in that regard. The lawmakers should not only go or get inputs of the communities only when there is a, a proposed bill. So even if there is no bill that is proposed, the relevant portfolio committees need to go and get and the voices of ordinary people on, on the ground. The legislators and uh, the, the government representative can show, can be willing and can be available to engage the youth. So not the other way around, because what is happening now is we, the youth, are engaging the government or the legislators 
So in an, in an ideal world, it should be the other way around. It should be in two ways, actually. We should engage them, they should engage us. Many of our representatives in the legislature seem to be rather out of touch with ordinary citizens like you and me. While the legislature can improve public participation by linking directly with communities, it should also take note of the opportunities there are to create more supportive network between the public, civil society organizations, the media and legislatives themselves. Um, if we are saying this is public participation and everybody deserves the right to be involved in this process, then this should be advertised widely to the general public. People should be informed of these 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 events that take place for them to really voice their concerns and opinions about the things that affect them on a day-to-day basis. For example, people are listening to the radios through their cell phones and it's easy for them to get uh, information easy on that. And we have newspapers. To us, it's a two-rent newspaper, a mobile post, if somebody bought it, and then it's easy, if one person can buy the newspaper, it's easy for 10 to 20 people to know about that because he or she will inform other people. Did you see? There is this advert. They're talking about us participation. For us, is we want to hold hands with the, with the provincial government. We also want to share our knowledge with them because we think that by sharing our knowledge with them, we'll be able to build a better legislature. We should communicate with communities. Don't sit around in the office, just go around maybe in the location and check. Is there any, what you call any organization like the NPOs, non-profit organizations, so that can work with? It's much special, it's better if you you form sort of a, a committee. When my experience, I found that there are community leaders who, in many instances, are already engaging with many of these issues, who are quite clued up on some of these issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need to try and find those people because those people have got the ability to be able to understand the information and as well as inform their communities about what it is that they've learned. Mm-hmm. And there has to be a greater space for those guys to be able to participate, if not the entire community, because it doesn't make sense to speak to 10,000 people when you could take to 10 people and those 10 people can be responsible for communicating to 10,000 people living in the communities. Speaking about going to the communities, the legislatures could also put more time and effort into identifying spaces to speak to people about how they can play a more active role in the decisions that affect them. I think our government needs to really, really look seriously into public participation and put money into awareness, really, really put put uh, resources into doing that. The word has been used to, I mean, it's kind of overused, it's tired capacity building. <laughs> Government has community halls. There's all these facilities available. Why are they not used? Why are we, why is our government taking a shortcut into getting real information? That, for me, that's always my question. From the apartheid era we come from, we, especially in the black townships, we have been taught that for us to be able to make our voices heard, we need to protest. So part of the engagement with legislatures, if people were taught, if the legislature was doing its job, coming down to communities to consult, people would, would know what's the role of the legislature. People would know what is the role of a petition. 
people would have the advantage or people would use petitions rather than saying, no, we are striking. We are going on a protest. And the community need to know in advance what is proposed. And then they need to also have the pre-sessions before the actual public hearing. So people will, will have to engage on, on the bill from an informed position. So you can't expect people to make inputs on a proposed uh, law in a space of three hours. So that's, that's not realistic and it's not effective. It's like the decision has already been made. You just want to tick the boxes. The responsibility, however, can't just fall on the shoulders of the legislature. It also is up to the South African citizens to make use of the public participation platforms that are our constitutional right and play an active and constructive role in the decisions that affect us and our communities. Because we vote them there, we put them there, we need to now feed them the information of what is really happening. So also as us as community, we have to mobilize ourselves to say, dedicate ourselves and have somebody who will go and represent us, who will be consistent to letting, to going and participate. We believe that if I'm alone, I won't do any change. But if we are many, there's so much opportunity that whatever we're talking about, that's going to get hit. Or wherever door we are knocking at, it's going to get opened. So should you participate? Yes, of course. Is public participation in its current practice sufficient? No, unfortunately. Can both we as citizens and the provincial legislature do something to change that? Yes, we can. The provincial legislatures can step up their game and ensure their public participation is meaningful and effective. And a lot of that comes down to improved communication and engagement with communities on the ground and really listening to what people have to say. They need to make sure they are including the groups who will be affected by any of their decisions or actions, provide information on what impacts these decisions will have on our lives, tell us way before the 11th hour when and where there are opportunities for participation, and give us enough time to prepare for these opportunities. And lastly, consult the people before a final decision is made, and make sure that that final decision really speaks to what it is that is in the best interest of the citizens of South Africa. What can we do? Get more clued up on our rights and obligations as citizens. Use the mechanisms that are available for you to participate and get to know your legislature on a new level. If you missed episode one, you can catch up on the powers and workings of the legislature there. And if you want to know how to monitor and hold your provincial legislature to account, carry on to episode three, where we will be following the money and talking all about oversight through the budgets process. Be an active citizen and take part in the decisions that will affect your future. Once again, I'm DJ Fix and you are listening to The People's Fix. This podcast was produced with the financial support of the European Union and the Friedrich Ebert Stiftung. Its contents are the sole responsibility of the Action 24 implementing organizations and do not necessarily reflect the views of the European Union or the Friedrich Ebert Stiftung. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.